Welcome to the Unfuck Your Health podcast with Brevin and Maddie, where we get into everything fitness, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. Welcome to another episode of the Unfuck Your Health podcast with Brevin and Maddie. We are joined today with special guest David Spadowski. He is an ex-college gymnast, a two-times world record holder on the bench press, and a coach of 10 plus years. How are you doing today, David? Uh, doing pretty well. Thanks for having me today. I'm really excited. Of course, man. I think people will really enjoy hearing about um, your life and where you're at and what you do. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm from Georgia originally. Uh, still live here, but I've moved away a couple times for gymnastics specifically. Um, but yeah, born and raised in Savannah, Georgia. Grew up there, a small gymnastics gym. It was mainly females. There was me and one teammate. And as we got older, we actually created the boys team under us. So we had friends. Um, he actually was the DJ at our wedding and lived with me for about six years when I moved to Atlanta to take a job. Um, he was in the middle of moving apartments and I was like, well, I'm renting a house. You want to come live with me? So, um, like I said, we just pretty much like family, his family and my family are pretty close back home. So it's pretty cool. Um, but live here. Um, I own Spitz fitness, which originally was more of a concierge personal training service where I drove around Atlanta and the suburbs, condo buildings, apartments, homes. I took equipment to people. And I trained them, um, typically 45 minute to one hour sessions, did that for six years in the middle of year seven, I had bought my town home, originally told my wife, I needed half the garage to convert some of my clients that were farther out. I didn't want to drive as much. Little did I know I would build what is now Spitz Fitness HQ. It is small two and a half car garage. Um, I think I like to say that I have more toys per square footage than most commercial gyms. Your gym is crazy nice. Yeah, I was going to say, I love the equipment you have. So it, it's been a lot of fun over the years. Um, I've actually traded out tons of equipment there, but it's always been optimized for my clients training. Um, <clears throat> so I have a variety of clients, um, including on my Instagram, a lot of people see them and always get hype when uh, I post about them. But uh, Stan the Man, he is 78 years old and he will be 79 two weeks from now. And he is my longest client. I've been training him for nine years. Wow. Yeah. Um, and he's all about just general health. That was it. Like when he started with me, it was weight loss. We lost the weight. And then we took a little break a year and a half in and he started putting weight back on and he realized like, Oh, I like weight training and I like walks. You taught me all this stuff, but I'm not going to hold myself accountable being retired. Like I, I need someone to. And so over the years we just started, you know, two days a week, every Monday, Wednesday, 9 45, 10 AM he's here at my house. So it's been great. Um, with that, he actually helped me found my first residency at a condo building. So some of the buildings here in a Buckhead area specifically, a little higher end. So they actually have in-house trainers at some of the buildings. Um, so they pretty much run their business out of there. I was using two of the condo buildings. And so when you got a directory, when you moved in, there would be house cleaners, carpenters, handymen, and then in the bottom would be personal trainers and fitness instructors. And so that was a cool opportunity. I grew from there and now all of my clients come to me that are in person and uh, <coughs> branched, <coughs> excuse me, branched out about two years ago into the online coaching space. And really in the last year that has taken off. And now my business is about 50, 50 leaning more towards online, but I, I absolutely love it. Uh, it's been, it's allowed me to follow my passions, um, get back on the platform and compete in powerlifting one more time. And I love traveling. So having the opportunity to travel and not worry about 30, 40 people back home, not doing their workouts. Can't really complain about that now. I could take it on the road. That is always super nice. Um, but I want to jump back. Um, I think one thing that is pretty unique about you is being a college gymnast. You don't hear a lot about that. 
Um, so how did you get into gymnastics? Where did you go? What was your career like in that? So as some people see when they watch the Olympics, that's the only thing they see gymnastics. They see it every four years. Um, if you're in the South, the SEC and actually where you guys are, the Big Ten, Big Ten, that's all the men's gymnastics in the country. There is no other schools. There are literally, right now, there's 11 NCAA programs left. That's it. That's crazy. Um, Title IX and change that, the equality of women's sports. Um, I don't know all the rules of Title IX. I just know that that was one of the main contributors. So, yeah, uh, started gymnastics when I was four, flipping around, just mainly tumbling on the beach, jumping on trampolines. My parents took me to a open gym that was a sleepover and they had a trampoline into a foam pit. And this is way before trampoline parks existed. I was like, wow, all the stuff I'm scared to do at home on my trampoline, I'm going to do here. And of course, trying double flips and I'm seeing all these older kids try stuff. And I'm like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And little fearless daredevil from like four on up to like 10, 11, 12. And Started competing at eight. Um, my old coach, he was there when I was there, and then he moved away to college. And then he came back four years later. <clears throat> I had my first coach, Kathy Sue. I have to shout her out because I connected again with her in 2013. So I started gymnastics. I was born in 88. So I started gymnastics in 92. So she was my coach from 95 to 97. 2013, I go to the world championships and I look on the floor. She is the, at that time, she was the only female elite international men's gymnastics judge. That's crazy. So I, I have to say that she was also the only female sports coach at West Point Academy. Really? So that was really interesting uh, learning that. That was before she coached me. Her husband was military, so she was stationed in Savannah, Georgia. <clears throat> but one of the really cool things is she taught basics, basics, basics. What do we do as coaches? Basics, basics, basics. If you have that fundamental like foundation built, everything else gets easier. You can learn advanced things through time. So with me, she taught me that foundational not only strength, skill level, uh, listening, being attentive. Like we always had to stand in line, shirts tucked in, everything. Whereas when Reggie came, shirts could come off, just go sit over there. And, you know, it's a little more, it was like military to, uh, hey, that's our big brother we're going to look up to. So, um, but yeah, that 13 years old was really the game changer um, at camp that summer. I learned... My body was like, I had my growth spurt. I started feeling way stronger. And so I jumped from compulsory gymnastics. There's two of the levels that are called optional. Optionals are where you're starting to like make up your own routines with criteria. There were skills in there that I couldn't do because my body wasn't built right for those. My coach made the decision, hey, you're really good on two of the six events. If you're okay having a year where you're not going to be that good, we should skip those two levels and jump to junior elite at 13 years old. What that will do is that'll give you five years. So eighth grade through your senior year, you'll be a junior elite. So as you go, you'll be able to improve each year. But just know your first year, probably your second year, you're going to have a lot of learning to do. And that was really the catapult because on two events, floor and vault, I was able to win state championship my first year as a junior elite and qualify to the junior Olympic nationals as my first year, mainly those two events. But as the year got on, started picking up skills, started getting better, went to camps all over like winter camp. Like I remember coming home on Christmas Eve and like only having Christmas, my birthday, and then literally going to another camp for new year's. And so <clears throat> just like with us as coaches, we're always eager to learn more. And I think that's where my eagerness came from. As, as a gymnast, I was always eager to learn from another coach, learn from another gymnast. Well, they're doing better. How do I get better? What are they doing that I'm not doing? 
I have notebooks from 12 years old till my senior year of just taking notes on other coaches, athletes, back then watching documentaries, which were on VHS. Um, you know, it was just something that I, I always had a passion for learning more. Um, so that's really what took me to my senior year scholarship recipient to university of Nebraska. Never thought I would go to Nebraska, but <laughs> they offered me a direct walk on or oh, scholarship position, but like walk on and be on the team as in you're competing as soon as you get to school and most schools, freshmen, you're literally a walk on. And if you do get a scholarship, you're going to redshirt. So you're going to sit out that year. You're going to learn how to be a college student, improve your skills. Nebraska had a whole, they did not have a good floor and vault squad. And I was at that point, junior Olympic nationals. I was a finalist. So that's top 10 on each one of those events. And I unfortunately made mistakes, um, never got a national medal, but was able to have that experience under pressure. And the coaches saw that because I was already recruited before junior nationals. And so that was, that was a neat experience because what they do in gymnastics versus other sports, um, the college team that you're recruited to, they will actually give you a t-shirt to wear on finals day. So you're actually wearing a Nebraska shirt representing your school for the future. And that was really a cool opportunity. Um, but yeah, pretty much went to Nebraska freshman year went really well. Sophomore year had a major injury, which I decided at that point to get a second opinion, left the university of Nebraska, came home. I had three stress fractures, four ruptured disc and an annular tear. So I don't currently have a disc between my L5 S1, which can cause a lot of issues, uh, especially with powerlifting and excuse me, but yeah. It was, it was game changer. I moved home, learned a lot about PT and pretty much for nine months was working with a PT to get my back healthy back brace for six months. Um, a lot of decompression therapy and thank you for Dennis, which was a Russian coach that came over and was coaching at the gym that I had left. He was starting the boys team and I was coaching part-time. I also was a personal trainer at that point, uh, just working out of a gym. And so he made a joke. If the boys team that only had three boys, you need three people to be a team. If you pretty much qualify as a team, you can compete at States. And I think there was 24 teams at States. He said, if they get top five, you have to come out of retirement and compete one more time. I thought, Oh, this is stupid. I don't want to do that because I was training with the boys, but just kind of keeping them motivated. I did all their conditioning, all the basics, and he saw something I didn't. And so the boys ended up tying for third. And I will say Roswell Gymnastics, which had 24 boys, which is the most you can have. Our boys, every score had to count. So all, all the boys go up, all the scores count. And it was a really cool thing because every boy hit a personal best score for their whole season at States. And that's kind of unheard of. Um, So for me and Dennis, it was great as coaches like that. I think that was probably my defining moment that I maybe wanted to coach something that was competitive in the future, whether it was gymnastics or not. And uh, now that I'm looking back, that's probably why I like coaching powerlifting now. So, um, but yeah, I competed for a few more years, not at the super elite level, Um, when I say super elite, that's just elite is the Olympics. Like that level is called elite in gymnastics. It's pro. Um, there's just no money for men's gymnastics. Like most of them are getting sponsors from like local restaurants and stuff just to pay for training and living expenses. Women's gymnastics, much different. Simone Biles, Gabby Douglas, the list goes on and on of Olympic champions. Um, they're also very big sports, um, role models. For young women. And I think that's very important in this world, especially with everything going on. And so, uh, yeah, competed, did uh, club gymnastics. So that's a step down, same rules, but just not as difficult. Um, really cool. 2012 met my now wife through that. So I have to say like gymnastics brought me friends all over the country, all over the world. And my now wife, 
And so it also taught me the fundamentals of hard work pays off because it's a sport that's not, it's not safe. Yeah, <laughs> like, gymnastics is a whole nother level. Every injury I've had, it's like, it all stems back to like gymnastics. Like I've always injured myself somehow in gymnastics and now it's come back to bite me in the butt later in life. Yeah, for me, I mean, I was a gymnast when I was younger and the part that terrified me the most was the balance beam, like doing like a back walkover on there. It's like one hand slips. Oh man. So it's definitely something you have to have a lot of guts and a lot of determination to stick with that sport. Yeah. And at the same time, it teaches you discipline. And I think that's something that is hard as a coach. If someone's never been disciplined and they grew up, whatever their background was growing up, you know, nine to five after five, they might have a family. And then that's the focus. Like as a coach, we try to teach discipline, but at the same time, if you don't have that background, it's harder to do it. It's harder to teach someone, Hey, you need a routine or you need to try this. And one of the things as a coach, I like to have fun. Like in the story, if you're having fun, you're probably going to stick to it. So I always implement fun things for clients, whether it's walking buddy challenges, like who can do the most steps or <clears throat> my clients that now are training together more. I'm like, Hey, who's going to get the most push-ups at the end of this month? Like who's going to, who's going to beat you. And so like little challenges like that are always fun. And I make like little things on my whiteboard in the gym. I'll write up like whose numbers are whose half my clients don't meet each other. And they're like, Oh, I want to beat that guy. Okay. So I had to do 45 pushups in a minute. All right, cool. Like, how are we going to get there? So they almost make oh, new nice. goals. They almost make new goals without me even trying. So it, it's just fun. That's awesome. So being a college gymnast and everything like that, what was your transition from that to being a super successful power lifter, being able to hold two world records? <sighs> um, I will tell you this squats are always behind <laughs> gymnast. We have quick twitch muscles, so we're not trained to lift a lot of weight squatting. So my squat has always been behind, but I feel like for me, rings really took off when I hit my early twenties, like I would say like 1920, when I was at Nebraska, we did conditioning five days a week in addition to four hour practices. So we were in the gym six, sometimes seven hours a day plus full-time school. Um, so you, you build up a lot of muscle. Um, I was also 125, 130 pounds when I did gymnastics. My first meet as a power lifter, I was, I, I competed in the 67.5 kilo, which is 148. And <clears throat> I think I weighed in at 140, no weight cut, nothing. Didn't know what I was doing. Um, <clears throat> the belt I used was from Walmart. <laughs> um, I didn't have wrist wraps. I squatted in Nike shoes. So I didn't know what I was doing. Went in, just wanted to have fun. But I realized like a lot of people made comments about my bench press. I thought 315 was nothing like I, I thought that was a staple and I was around only bro gym people. I was at an LA fitness, most of my training. So, <clears throat> so that was really cool to be acknowledged for that. And little did I know at one year later, fast forward, I ended up, my first world record was three in that weight class. I didn't know the records. I didn't know there were records like when I showed up at the meet. So this guy was like, man, you're really talented. You should, you're almost like at the world record. I'm like, yeah, right. World record try like 400 pounds. They're like, no, that's the all time record. The USPA and the IPL world record is 331. And I think at my first meet, I did 314, which was the kilo equation. I was like, all right, that's my next goal. Someone chipped it. So you beat it by a half kilo. So the next goal, I got to chip that. <clears throat> so trained for a year in the gym, hit 336. So I was like, all right, it's there. Went to the meet on my second attempt a year later, I was able to chip it. So I made sure I got the record 332 points, eight or something like that. 
third attempt went for a PR because it moved well. So missed my PR, uh, missed 341. But it was one of those defining moments of when you set your sights on a goal, like you'll do anything to train for it. Like you'll, you'll, if you really want it, if your goal is big enough, you'll put in the effort. And when I missed, that's probably the best thing that could have happened to me because I saw someone else at the meet in a different category. I was competing in knee wraps. He competed in knee sleeves. So it's in powerlifting, they're different. He benched 371 in my weight class. So now I'm like, oh, well, I was only shooting for 332 because that was the record. This guy's way stronger than me. So now my goal has to be stronger than him. So the next meet I competed at, I competed uh, six months later and benched 376 pounds to break his record. Um, my squat, I just so you know, my squat only went up 20. <laughs> so I did 10, 10 kilos per meet, which is, which is good for a power lifter that like didn't have a squat foundation. I had actually only squatted a few times at the bar. Um, so getting my squat into the low fours was really huge for me. Like first time doing 400, I was like, like four plates. I was like, yes. And then <clears throat> deadlifts, I will say this now, like I've never been a good deadlifter. And so this past year was the first PR I've hit in four years because of a car accident. But like, it took four years to actually get past 525, um, which I love powerlifting. I love the sport because it's so friendly. Like everyone, it doesn't matter how strong you are, if you're going for a record or you're not, like it might be your first meet or your 20th meet. The community is so supportive and that's what I love. And I create that with my team too. Um, we are a mini family. Like everyone that came over for their big meets this year, it's a family. Like we are really close. We train together. Even the ones that are far away, we're communicating on social media. We're supporting each other. There's just so many ways to be supportive these days versus just training out of one gym. So it's, it's, it's a cool thing. I really, I'm really grateful for all the athletes that have chosen to work with me. That's awesome. No, I think that accidentally hitting a PR is always pretty cool or accidentally hitting a world record. Always pretty cool. <laughs> Wouldn't be mad at that. <laughs> Especially having that bench press, not mad at that at all. Uh, but that's super cool. Um, I would definitely say, and I mean, I'll let you speak on this, that gymnastics and kind of the drive and just the work ethic that were put into you as a child and as a college athlete definitely helped you as a power lifter and as a coach. Uh, 100%. Um, I think I mentioned this on social and I spoke a few months ago at a gymnastics gym to first, I talked to parents about nutrition and then I turned around and talked to all the kids to kind of motivate them for setting goals and setting not the traditional, I want to go to the Olympics. That's nine out of 10 gymnasts. I said, set monthly goals, half year and one year goals, then the big goal, but your big goal always should be the most important. I did that my entire life and I do that now as a coach, like it, my drive to help people is there because of my background, because of all the years of hard work. So I don't mind putting in hard work and pouring out literally everything I have into my clients. That is, that fills my cup up every day. Like I think anyone that has spent any time with me can tell all of my personal like wins when it comes down to like the world records, which have been broken first place at gymnastics meets college scholarship. Those are all great, but they don't define me. I look at my future as I want to help more people. I want to help change the world. I want to make the world a healthier and happier place. So I'm always putting out that positive vibe. Um, it's good vibes only in my gym. So if you come in with negative energy, you're probably going to be told right off the bat, hey, what's your favorite exercise? I don't care what the plan is today. What's your favorite exercise? We're going to start off on a good note. Let's get to work. Like we always start with positive flow, positive energy. So yes, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I'm getting over being sick. So 
it's not uh it's not been fun but <laughs> i like it so yeah like all the years of just discipline hard work gets me to here and i just every day i wake up thankful and grateful that i'm able to do what i do but also the the connections i've made like meeting you guys and we randomly met at the gym and then we're going to dinner and then we're going and sitting and learning together. Like all of those things are so awesome. And if it wasn't for like our passion as coaches, we wouldn't have been there. That wouldn't have happened. And so I'm very grateful every day. Like every day I get up and I, I do some gratitude and that's one of the things that is very common. Um, I think gymnastics and I think my parents for pushing me to be, a hard worker, disciplined, but also never saying this is what you need to do. They always let me make my own choices, make my own goals. And I think that's, they never tried to live through me. I know some parents do that these days. Um, I very fortunate, uh, parents were very laid back and, uh, relaxed. So it was like, Hey, what do you want to do? You want to quit gymnastics? Okay. You can do that. And so what it came down to you need a few days off. You need a week out of the gym. Then you miss it and you're jumping on the trampoline in the backyard. All right, go back to gymnastics. You're going to get hurt here. <laughs> so, no, That's super cool. Um, and one thing that you have kind of talked about a little bit is goals. And one thing you just touched on was gratitude. And I've seen you um, on social media doing that a lot lately. Um, how has that helped you? And how do you find that helpful for clients if that's something you have them do? Yes. Uh in the world and like everyone has different scenarios. Someone might be stressed. Someone might be going through a divorce. Someone might be very unhappy at a job. There's a lot of negativity. And then you have TV and social media and, you know, everything, depending on what you're looking at, it's going to be marketed towards you. And so I've been doing gratitude for, I don't know, seven or eight years. And it probably, it all came from Gary V. Like I, that's blunt and honest. Like, Anyone that's doing gratitude today probably heard it on a Gary Vee podcast, YouTube video back in the day. Um, so I started doing it and I, I enjoyed it. It made me feel centered. <clears throat> and when I go on vacations, I do it every morning with sunrise. And I found that that's like the most, I feel humbled. Like I feel so my like in touch with the earth and relaxing. And so Doing that with clients, it, it changes some perspectives. It creates more flow. It creates more positive energy. And I found that some clients like really thrive off of that. And so doing morning gratitude, whether you write it down or just say it out loud, like it doesn't, it's whatever works for you. Some people meditate. Some people do cold showers. I hate those or an ice <laughs> bath in the morning. Like. <laughs> I'm not, I tried I'm not, those. <laughs> I tried it too. Uh, David Goggins and Wim Hof. Like I tried that, and I will tell you this: cold showers in the morning suck. Like, <laughs> I, they did not work for me as an athlete. Um, I breathe like I do. Like when I do my gratitude, I also like turn like keep the lights off after I've written. Um, I like the written because then I can go back and reflect. You know, when there's a bad day, you can go back and reflect and. <clears throat> It's just something different. Um, and it's a system I started. A, a while back, I started it with certain people and then it kind of resurfaced when I saw some clients having some bigger, bigger strides with their life. And I was like, all right, let's look. And I talk about it on their consult. And then it's, you know, depending on how they biofeedback, boom, it's either for them or they're hesitant. Some people... I'm actually shocked. A lot of people are actually doing that and more, which they're actually doing too much in the morning. And recently that's the people that's been attracted to me. And I'm maybe it's cause I'm putting it out there, but like two of my new clients from the new year. Wow. Like one of them came to me and I was like, how long does your morning routine take? Cause what you sent me would take me an hour. They're like, Oh, 45 minutes to an hour. And I'm like, you have three kids. You <laughs> wonder why you don't have, let's shorten this. <laughs> so um, yeah, just like I said, like I'm always about having fun and having positive energy. So that's one of the things that I think sets your day. It's kind of like making your bed. 
No, I think that's awesome. And one, I was just having a conversation literally yesterday with a client um, who was really struggling and just so much negative self-talk and how much that just affects you subconsciously and affects your actions subconsciously. So I think that's huge to be able to do the gratitudes, do the journaling, um, do the things for you and put out that positivity. I think that makes a huge change. Um, so college gymnast, power lifter, how have you gotten into coaching? Um, and what is your goals with all of that? So growing up, I knew about 15, I had my first like major injury. Um, I had a t partial tear in my patella tendon and I had what I thought was a doctor. They are a doctor in a way, a physical therapist. She was phenomenal, like super nice, super attentive workouts, recovery. I was like, I want to do that. Like whatever she's doing, I want to do that because I feel great when I leave here. Looked at it, get older a couple of years and like, hmm, I like business. I like coaching, gymnastics. And I was already doing like conditioning for parents, but it wasn't like personal training. <clears throat> So 18th birthday rolls around. Parents are like, hey, what do you want for Christmas and your birthday? I was like, I want a personal trainer certification and a nutrition certification. Don't think my parents were expecting that. They had no idea where to look for it. So I gave them paperwork. Um, I think it was AFPA was my first one. Um, it was American Fitness Professionals Association. Got both certs for Christmas and my birthday. Um, took those. I think six months later, I started coaching at the, there was at the end of our like strip mall was a family fitness center called 24 seven family fitness. Asked for a job. They had already seen me from gymnastics coaching, going in there using the dumbbells. So they were like, sure. I started doing the 5.00 AM to 7.00 AM classes, my senior in high school. Enjoyed it. Kind of just took off from there. Like uh, they started offering me, you know, we have a bunch of people who want one-on-ones or small group. Do you want to do that? Yeah. And so they kind of did that. I didn't have to do the marketing back then. Uh, so a little easier, but obviously you don't make as much money. And, uh, so I went to school for business while I was in school. I actually studied some exercise science, like while I was in business school, all my electives were exercise science, but I joined a local bodybuilding gym. And it was about 20 minutes away from campus. And there was like six guys training that were huge. I didn't have the interest in being huge. I just wanted to be stronger. And I was already, I was too lean, I thought, for gymnastics. Like gymnastics were always lean, but I wanted to like have that look when I was done with gymnastics. So I said, hey, if I clean the gym and put in some hours here, could I potentially start training here? Here's my credentials kind of did like a resume guy was like you can start tomorrow we don't we don't train women and I was like what do you mean he's like we have a bunch of women and wives come in none of us trainers want to work here and train women and I was like send them all my way because these guys were all bodybuilders so they were super selfish all single and they just wanted to train other dudes that wanted to get big and strong like they didn't none of them had certifications I found that out like months later when they started asking me questions when they would hear me talking to clients they're like so why do you program this way Gotta love like, you're getting great results and i'm like um i read this book like what is oh, what's the book, book? <laughs> <laughs> so like i literally was bringing like i was <clears throat> my grandpa being military he always had all these books and so he like started sending me books like arnold <clears throat> Arnold Schwarzenegger Encyclopedia. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, foundational strength training, which was later on I took for my other certification. That was actually the book I'd already been using for years. So that was really cool. Like just to like evolution, like I, I studied under pro bodybuilders. A couple of them were IFBB pros. So I saw how they like were super regimented and stuff, but I saw how selfish that sport was. I saw how when they were in meat prep, they didn't care about their clients. And I saw their clients leave. I will tell you my entire year and a half in Nebraska, 
80% of my clients were still my clients from the start. I didn't like they'd hit their goals. Okay. What's the next one? What are we doing next? Like I would already have them set up for that next phase. So that kind of just merged into when I moved to Atlanta, I took a junior strength and conditioning coordinating job. Um, never thought I would work for a sports team. I worked for an ECHL and then minor league hockey team for the Atlanta Thrashers. Junior strength coach means you're pretty much following up when they're done with PT. You're getting them back into the weight room. That's all. You're looking at programs. You're making sure there's no mistakes. You ask questions. You don't get a lot of hands-on work. It was only 20 hours a week. So the other 20 hours where the gym was empty, I asked if I could start doing small groups. I went to all the local gymnastics, cheerleading, swimming, and diving facilities, told all the parents, you get one free training session with me. Here's my link to schedule a session. And it was literally all within like a two mile radius of there. <clears throat> a month later, I had 50 clients total and every session was booked. So I started doing two to three sessions before the team would come in. I'd work with the team. When they cleared out, I was there till nine o'clock at night. And that was six days a week for a year. My contract ended. Also, the Atlanta Thrashers were sold and are now the Winnipeg Jets. I was not moving to Canada. Had no interest in renewing that contract because I enjoyed what I was getting from the personal training and the small group training. So that's really where the birth of Spitz Fitness came. I actually rented that facility for a short time. And then once they sold all the equipment, they were like, you can buy new equipment. I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to go to these people's <laughs> houses. Like, I'm not going to drive an hour to work every day. So, and now they all come here. So that's kind of like the whole journey of being a coach. And two years ago, like I said, really pushed for the online coaching. That's awesome. Um, that's a pretty cool story. And um, one other thing I want to touch on your home gym. I know how unique it is and how much equipment you actually have. How did you start to build that? And what was the idea behind that? It was just to bring all your clients into one spot? Yeah. So at that point, uh, so Atlanta is a little spread out. And so I had some people, Marietta's a suburb, Alpharetta. Um, <clears throat> so those areas were taking me anywhere between 30 to an hour, like just to get there. Then I trained for, I try to like stack my clients in that area and then drive back. You hit Atlanta traffic, Marietta to Midtown, which is the downtown area, 20, 30 minutes with good traffic, bad traffic, two and a half hours. So then I was, and I did that from seven years of doing that. So as soon as I knew I was going to have a place more centralized, I was like, I want to build a home gym. I need the basics squat rack, which I already had, uh, regular plates. And I want a cable machine that was like an all in one. And I didn't know those existed until I researched and uh, force USA builds a Squat rack, Smith machine, leg, vertical leg press, cross cable machine, pull-up station. Like it was an all-in-one. I was like, I need that. I need a deadlift platform. I need dumbbells up to 50 and I need a squat rack. That's it. And that's pretty much what started over the years. I bought, I had a multi-purpose machine, which had six machines all attached. It's what the gyms have that lat pull down, leg press, leg extension, all of that all in one machine. It took up way too much space in my gym. It was not optimized, but I got it for a steal when the gym was closing. <clears throat> as soon as the pandemic happened, gym equipment was scarce. Yeah. And I will tell you, that was the first thing I wanted out of my house. It also weighed a ton and I didn't want to be the person to ever move that. So put it on Facebook marketplace and I sold it. Benefit of that. The day that sold, I bought a belt squat. I bought competition bars, competition plates, dumbbells up to hundred. So I expanded because my current clientele didn't need the other equipment. It didn't need that machine. I thought it did. I didn't. So I like looked at the space and then I started really mapping out. Otherwise I crammed everything I could into that garage. But over time it was, how can I optimize my space? Um, 
then the powerlifting, like my wife was competing still. Um, and the really cool part was the local gym that we were training at. They put up the powerlifting competition rack that we had made for the gym on Facebook marketplace for way cheaper than what we had originally purchased it for, for the gym. So I bought that colored it spits fitness colors and never that in all honesty for my general clients not necessary it takes up a lot of space it's a good bench like for anybody it's a good bench but don't need it but for power lifters which now with the powerlifting team it's essential i actually have lifters that go to regular gyms contact me two weeks out hey can i use your comp equipment so i can dial in I actually started doing that last year and allowing other people to come. And I just mainly just charge a drop-in fee to my gym, 25 bucks, sign a liability waiver, use the gym. Here's the time it's open. And uh, so it helps out the powerlifting community because a lot of gyms here don't have that equipment. And a lot of powerlifters, in all honesty, half of them are probably training at Crunch Fitness here in Atlanta just because it's 15, 20 bucks a month. Like... Um, they don't have comp most of the, I think crunch only has bumper plates. Yeah. So you're looking at guys that squat in the fives. They're all the way out. They got rubber bands holding the plates on. So, you know, having them reach out hands down, I'll help you. Like here's the times that are available. So I always try to give back. Um, like I don't get to do the gymnastics as much. Um, that's actually one of my, I want to say resolutions, but goals for the year. Um, I actually have already gone once but I will be trying to go to gymnastics or trampoline gyms twice a month. I want to be a little more athletic. So <laughs> I feel, and I think that's a testament to who you are as a person, as a coach, trying to help people out, even not your athletes. Um, but I think we're ready to uh, jump to the real reason we brought you on this uh, podcast um, to talk about cookies. <laughs> so yes. let's, let's shout out your wife and her company. Let's talk about cookies for a second. All right. Uh, so my wife, uh, Elizabeth Spadowski, she goes by Liz. She is at lifts underscore in underscore flips as her personal account. She does gymnastics and lots of heavy lifts, but she has always had a passion for baking and I've been pushing her for years to try, like start a business. You have nothing to lose. Like no one's going to look down on you if it doesn't work, but also you're going to come up with a lot of good recipes and at least I get to try them. <laughs> so, so we know the real, I, all of this now. <laughs> yes, yes. So I told her beginning of last year, she was doing it as stress relief from work and we were selling like just friends, everybody that was around us, my clients. Um, she started doing protein ones as well. Started playing around with that. It's not her forte. She loves the delicious stuff that is not healthy for you. Um, but she started flipping sweets and treats. And that has been very eye-opening to watch because it's definitely a passion for her. And so we, she's gone from just cookies to start with. She does custom cake pops. Um, so you got cake pops, brownie pops, hearts, like uh, Valentine's is coming up. She's got these hearts that are molds that she puts chocolate and she could put cake, brownie, rice, crispy treat, peanut butter. Like she's made all these sort of crazy concoctions. Um, she's worked with a couple of event planners here and done some pretty big orders. She did a church order that I want to say was 300 cake pops in a week. That was during her prep for North Americans, which was peak week. So <laughs> lots of stress. Um, but yeah, she's followed her passion and she's come up with tons of recipes. She actually just made a strawberry truffle filled strawberry and white chocolate cookie with fresh homemade strawberries. And I'm a huge strawberry lover and I love white chocolate. It top three cookie now for me. Um, she hates strawberries, so it was like, all right, cool. I get extra cookies. There you go. That's awesome. Didn't you say that <laughs> you set up like a table or a stand at one of the powerlifting meets with some of her treats too? 
Yes. So that is actually how she started expanding last year. Um, she did it at one of the smaller meets and sold almost 200 cookies at a regular meet. Um, for the people that don't know power lifters, nine out of 10 of them don't care what they look like. They are just eating on meat day. And all honestly, you can eat as long as it does mess with your stomach eat whatever you want and as much as you want for your performance because you need to be fueled you need to be hydrated so uh cookies treats things like that um are pretty much on the menu for almost every power lifter i do put some protocols in for my athletes to like optimize performance and then after the meet eat all the cookies you want enjoy yourself uh Wait, but so yeah cookies she's aren't them. optimal for performance just make sure we're hearing you right <laughs> They're not the best, but they are pretty good. I will tell you, I, I did hit a, a, my PRs this year were fueled by cookies. I can tell you that's a blunt and honest. I'm writing that down and run with it. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but the big meet at the end of the year, the Dirty South that I just had five athletes compete at, she did a meet that had a hundred, nearly 110 lifters two platforms at the same time, probably 500 plus people total with the meet and spectators. She was, well, it was definitely the best showing she's ever had. Um, she had, I think two full like white tables in the meet, um, and sold over 75% of the treats. And that's, that's, she, she didn't know how many make, you know, it's our first year. So this year is going to be cool for her. She's going to actually market and push herself to, use that as a, a real business. Um, last year was, there's always no pressure from either of us. It's do what you love, try new things. Worst that happens, doesn't taste good. Uh, she like macaroons. She has a passion for making macaroons. Don't know why. I think macaroons are just basic cookies that are mostly overpriced. But with that being said, I know people that literally come to her for macaroons. Like that's all they order from her. They don't order anything else. They just order macarons. And she loves making different ones. Like she loves it. And I can't ask for anything better because when she's doing it, she's happy. She's using her time to actually use her creative side, which her job doesn't allow her to do that. So it's just really neat. And I'm, I'm really proud of her for taking that step of actually starting a business. That's super cool. I'll definitely link all of that in the show notes. Um, so you guys can go and order cookies. You definitely should order them. I've had them. They are amazing. Um, so last thing here, what are one or two things you want to leave for the listeners um, who are in their fitness journey, starting their fitness journey, or just trying to become the best version of themselves? Don't do everything at once. That is always my number one thing with any new client. You do not have to throw everything at the kitchen sink and the kitchen sink at something. Take one step a day towards your goal. That's it. Like if that means drink your water for the day and you need to create that habit, you drink your water every day. You hit that goal. If it's getting your steps in, like if it's connecting with people, it doesn't matter what the thing is. It's just focus on one thing. Then you can stack on top of that. Um, that's been one of the biggest things I've taught clients over the 10 years I've been coaching is do not just go in your house, throw all your bad food out, lock the alcohol up in the cabinet and immediately like fast and go running every day. Plus go to the, like, you can't do everything. If you completely change everything, you're setting yourself up for disaster. Um, the second thing is have fun in life. Like if you're not having fun, like there's times that are not going to be fun when training, when you're cutting or you're, you're hungry because you're cutting weight, you're losing body fat. It's okay. I actually posted this the other day. It is a hundred percent. Okay. To be hungry when you're in a calorie deficit, hundred percent. But if that, if it's bothering you, talk to your coach, like ask him, Hey, I'm really hungry. It might be as simple as drink a little bit more water add some more veggies to each meal. So you're fuller without going over your calories. Like, but if you deprive yourself, you're also setting yourself up for disaster. 
because restrictive diets, low calorie, like there's all these things that are detrimental to our health and our happiness. And if you're not aligned, you're never going to be in line. You're never going to be online. Like you're going to be off bouncing around. You're never going to be heading towards your goal. And so patience and happiness, like those are the two things that I really press on people. Like happiness will go so much farther in life. Like the more happy you are, the everything is better. I think that's awesome. I think those are great points. And those are things that we hit on all the time. Um, so I'm glad that you are on the same page with all of that. Um, last thing, where can we find you on social media? I will also tag this or link this in the show notes as well. So people can go and give you a follow. So the main place is Instagram at spits fitness, S P I T Z. And then just fitness afterwards. Um, Facebook, it's my name. David Spadowski um, has junior on there and I am going to be restarting my YouTube. I did it for a while. Didn't have time, just focused on clients. And I've been doing a lot more trainings that I'm really enjoying and helping people just learn ins and outs, having questions from clients. And I literally just answer them on video. And so I'm going to start putting those out on YouTube just to help more people. So uh, I'll give, whenever I get that launched, I'll send that over so you can add that as well. Awesome. I'll definitely link that in the show notes. It was great having you, man. Um, it was really fun catching up and talking to you. Um, we will talk to you later. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll right. see you in Atlanta in a couple months. Yes, we will. I know. I'm excited. I'm glad you guys are on the team. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, man. As always, we want to thank you guys for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast, where we go into everything training, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. We would really appreciate it if you guys share this on your story. We would love to see who is listening and say thank you. And if you guys leave us a five-star rating and review, that would be amazing. If you guys ever have any questions, um, feel free to send us a message, DM us. We have our social media linked in the show notes. So if you have any questions or any topics you'd like us to cover, please feel free to message us. We're always here to help you guys out.